Hello and welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. This is Pastor Lyle Phillips, and we are so grateful that you are tuning in. We pray that this message blesses and encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Every year when we start a new year, we always go after a word from God for the year. Now, rather than us give God a word, we always try and posture our hearts so that God can give us a word. You know, and uh, as we prayed and we sought God, here's what we felt that God was speaking over our house for 2020. That the word of the Lord over the year 2020 for our house is the year dreams come true. The year dreams come true. Amen. So everybody just say with me, the year dreams come true. And we want to thank the Lord for uh, just going ahead and proving himself to be the truth by allowing the Titans to beat the Patriots. Who would have thought? Not me. I mean, do we need any more proof? The year that dreams come true. You know, who would have thought that would even be possible? Right? So what are the dreams that God has given to you for this year? Now, listen carefully, please. What are the dreams that God has given to you? Not the dreams that you're giving to God. Those are important to him and those are important to me. Those are important to you. I know that they are. But we have to begin on a proper foundation, which is not giving to God our dreams, but receiving from God as our source his dreams for our life. This quote by Lou Engel has always stuck with me since I heard it for the first time. It says, you think you have a dream, but you don't have a dream. God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. Isn't that a good word? You think you have a dream, but you don't have a dream. God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. That's from Lou Engel. And I think that's such a wonderful reminder that we are God's dream, that he is our source. Each and every one of us uh, were created within God before we entered into time. And so we all come from God. We are all a dream in God's heart. And so we want to make sure that throughout 2020 and throughout the 2020s, we are not just giving God our dreams and doing what's on our agenda, but we are receiving dreams from God and doing what's on heaven's agenda. Amen. Because that is a life well lived. And one of the things that we have prayed into, and we're going to get more into this in a few weeks. So I want to impress upon you, please. Come to Vision Sunday, which is not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. So everybody say January 18th. 19th. Everybody say January 19th. I've been listening to too much Justin Bieber. I'm too hyped. January 19th. 19th is going to be Vision Sunday. And we're going to talk a little bit about God's vision for this house. Right. And so in tandem with 2020 being the year that dreams come true the word that we feel we've received from him, we believe that God's dream for your life is that you are a world changer. We believe that God's dream for your life is that in 2020, you become a world changer. 
How many of you know that history is supposed to be different because you are alive? That you are called to make an impact on humanity. That you are called to make a difference in your city. That you are called to leave a legacy. Amen. And so here in our church, that's what we believe. If you're like, nope, not possible. I could never be a world changer. Just stay here a few weeks longer because we will try everything that we can to convince you that this is how much God believes in you. Did you know that God believes in you way more than you believe in God? All the faith that you could muster up. All of the theology and the belief system that you have that says and confesses that Jesus Christ is real. The same yesterday, today and forever. All of that belief that you have in Jesus. Jesus has more belief in you. He believes in you way more than you believe in him. Now, I saw on Instagram, everybody was doing this thing. Hashtag the decade challenge. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, everybody's doing the decade challenge. And uh, if I showed you guys a picture of me without a beard, you'd be like, that's two decades. You know, for sure you were not 25. You look 15, you know. Uh, But I I unearthed this video of me from 10 years ago. Look, and I I hasn't I I was really hesitant about showing it because I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like. It's, we, so I started a nonprofit organization when I was 24 years old. And so the video is like Lyle's story, okay? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like I'm speaking, like showing a video of myself. Like, I don't know. It just seems a little bit weird. But I went with the hashtag, the decade challenge, okay? And it falls in line with the message. So will you bear with me? Okay. So the point I'm trying to make by showing you this video is that I have always believed that you could be a world changer. I have always believed that I could be a world changer. I have always believed that every single person that considers themselves a disciple of Jesus Christ could be a world changer. Okay, so here's a video of 10 years ago. Y'all don't laugh at my country accent because it was way worse, all right? So it's three minutes long. Can you, you bear, you bear, okay. My name is Lyle Phillips, founder of Mercy 29. Mercy 29 began in 2009 after a trip to Mozambique, Africa. It was there in Mozambique that I met a little girl named Zaina, seven years old, semi-orphan girl. And it was like our destinies just crossed paths because it was through my relationship with this beautiful little girl that my life was changed forever. God pressed into my heart a desire and a calling to see 100,000 orphan children come home. When I say come home, I mean belong to a family and receive love, be given everything that a child deserves. Not just food, clothing, and shelter, but unconditional love, unrestricted love. And that's the foundation of what Mercy 29 is built on. It's just that L-O-V-E, love. This is our desire, is to give love away freely, without cost, without an agenda, without reward, is to go to the nations and give away love. Mercy 29 is an anti-profit organization that rescues child slaves and feeds hungry people. We've seen almost 60 kids come home in the nation of India from child slavery and prostitution in the last eight months. We, We feed hungry people. We go to places in India where the untouchables live, 
that have no food to eat. Sometimes we go there, they haven't eaten in three days and we just feed them. But it's not just physical bondage and physical hunger that our desire is to rescue people from, but it's also emotional and spiritual slavery, spiritual hunger, our desires to feed the nations because we have Jesus in our heart who is the desire of the nations. And it's been this Jesus, this amazing, magnificent Savior that has also pressed into us a passion, a passion to see the lost saved, a passion to see the nations come home, not just children, not just orphan children, but to see something amazing happen within this generation. God spoke to me that if you won't spill your blood for your passion, then you've really yet to discover it. And this is my passion. It's the passion to be a papa, the passion to be a dad. More than anything else, I just want to be a father. And so although we've taken on these goals and these aspirations of seeing 100,000 kids come home, and we believe that's a promise from heaven, most importantly, we just want to have a family. We want to be family. Yes. We, want to, we want to see these kids come home and be treated as sons and as daughters, not only of our yes. own, but also the kingdom of God. Don't mind the look there, you know, we were really trying to make this video cool. What'd you guys think? That's cool, huh? Uh, some of you guys know me as a pastor, but before I was a pastor, I was a missionary. And uh, so I know all those kids and those people in the video and some of those places, those locations where we were shooting is actually rock quarries uh, where people were trafficked and sold. And so we were praying there over actual slaves yeah. like that's who those people were and god did some incredible stuff there and uh just as a result of those experiences i knew that it was possible for anybody who would choose to believe god and take a risk in faith that god would do something spectacular through their life guys i am from a village in west kentucky called sacramento there is 600 people who live there no stoplights and one corner store and i'm like if god could send me yeah. to india and could do something like that man like everybody yeah. there, 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 there's no way that anybody could be left out of god's plan to make an impact and leave a legacy in this life and so i just want you guys to know that i have always dreamed of being a world changer yeah. that i have always believed that history could be different because of our yes and as I watched that video this past week, I'm like, man, God has actually answered so many of my dreams. God has actually responded to so many of my prayer requests. And um, I, I thought back to everything I mentioned in the video. I'm like, we've honestly done everything except see 100,000 kids come home. Hey, and I believe that before I go to the grave, I'm going to get to celebrate God rescuing 100,000 kids. I believe that with all of my heart. And what I've realized is that there is, there is few people who do not actually dare to dream like really big, yeah. truly. Like most people that I meet um, either dream really big now or they used to dream really big once upon a time before it was beaten out of them by life wow. or, be or before someone spoke word curses over them and tried to diminish their calling and diminish their purpose and diminish their belief in themselves or diminish their belief in what God could do through their life. I believe with everything in me that there is a dreamer within you. If you've said to yourself, man, I just don't have any dreams anymore. Nashville has beat them out of me. Yeah. 
which anybody who has moved here in the last nine months, you'd probably be like, I'm right there with you right now. Because I don't know anybody who's moved here that for the first nine months, it was like, I came to the city with a dream and nothing happened. I'm like, just stick with it. Just stay, you know, just stay in it. Just keep coming back. Just be consistent. And what I've realized is that kids, their natural tendency is to dream. I don't know. Have you guys recognized that? Remember in Luke 18 and 17, when Jesus personally said, receive the kingdom of God like a child. Well, children have no problem dreaming. I remember my dad used to tell me whenever I was a kid, son, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I believed that. I genuinely believed that. I was like, I could be an astronaut. I could be a president. You know, I could play in the NBA despite being 5'9". You know, like I could do anything. So long as I put my mind to it, anything is possible. So what I've realized is that we as God's children have to actually be talked out of dreaming. So as we proclaim and declare that 2020 is the year that dreams come true, let me ask you a quick question. Have you been talked out of dreaming? Has someone talked you out of dreaming? Did your parents coming up, did a coach, did a teacher, did a professor, has a family member, has someone talked you out of dreaming? Where, where, how, how's your dreamer functioning in 2020? Because I can promise you guys this, that God wants to resurrect some old dreams that he wants you to dream again, and he wants you to receive new dreams that come from him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like if, if, if what you're dreaming about, you can accomplish without God's help, it's not a God dream. Come on. Right. If what you're dreaming about only benefits you, it's not a God dream. Yeah. Because God wants to do something in you that, that causes what he's done in you to flow through you yeah. to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You guys believe that? I believe that. And I believe that God is able to do this. I do believe that God's dream for your life is to become a world changer. Now, I have a declaration for you guys. So if you don't mind, I just want you to say it with me. Uh, It's just we're going to do it a couple times throughout the sermon. But I just want you to declare this. Say, I am a world changer. changer. My life makes a difference. difference. God has anointed me for impact. History is supposed to be different because I am alive. Now ask the person next to you, say, do you believe that? In faith, say yes, I believe that. You know how I know that you can change the world? You, you know how I know. Here's how I know that you can change the world. Let's start with Genesis 18 and 14. The Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? <laughs> Is anything, that means all things, is anything hard for the Lord? If you're like, man, I want to build, uh, you know, a big business. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to rescue kids from human trafficking. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to minister to these people that I've written down on my prayer list. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to break into this place, this industry, this business. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to act in movies. I want to be in Hollywood. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, on, man. It's time for us to believe this again. That's Genesis 18, 14. Luke 1 and 37 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And, you know, I didn't look it up in the Greek, but I'm pretty sure nothing means nothing. (laughs) 
nada, zero, zilch, that every single thing that God gives you faith to do, you can do. Every single thing that God has spoken to you about as possible for your life, I can guarantee you this, it is possible. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Think about the ability that Christ has to do impossible things. Well, Christ lives in you. It's not even you living any longer after you've chosen to follow Jesus. It is Jesus, God's dream that has taken up residence on the inside of your body. And Jesus is living his life through you. Yes. And so many people believe that getting saved means giving their life to God. But that's not true. Getting saved is God giving his life to you. Yes. So it is no longer you that lives at all. But it is God living through you. John chapter 14 verse 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. What could you imagine that you could do? Think about all the stuff that Jesus did in the scripture. Jesus raised the dead. He cleansed lepers. Blind eyes opened up. Deaf ears opened up. The lame, they got up and began to walk again. The mute, they began to sing songs of joy and shout for victory because of the healing that Jesus brought to them. He preached the gospel to the poor. He walked on water. Come on. Come on, bro. Wow. Yes. I was on a prayer walk one time and I remember God saying, go try walk out on that water right there. And I was like, Lord, these is new shoes. <laughs> and I didn't have the faith for it. But if I could rewind the tape, I should have just tried it. You know, what's a $45 pair of bands? When you're 22, it's a lot. <laughs> but I just, I want to, I, I just want to press into your heart, man. Have that zeal of first love again. Have that faith of first love that said, man, nothing will be impossible with God. I'll pray for any circumstance or situation because I know that I serve a God that does the impossible. And this is what God's word says about you. We are called to do the works of Jesus and more. Somebody say more. Did Jesus change the world? We can, we can be sure that Jesus himself is, was, remains a world changer. So if we follow a world changer, what does that say about you? That you are called to be a world changer. If you are being discipled by a world changer, who are you becoming? Who are you being transformed into to be a world changer? I have this quote from this professor. He's passed on now. He used to teach at Yale. He did some other things, but I thought it was a good Quote, his last name is Pelican. I don't know his first name, but it says, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. If it were possible with some sort of super magnet to pull up out of history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, how much would be left? Jesus has left his impact on so many things that we do today. And I want to give you real quickly six ways that Jesus changed the world. Jesus was most definitely a world changer. Number one, we've talked about this a little bit, but Jesus changed the world's way of thinking about children. Number one is kids. In the ancient world, children were routinely left to die of exposure. 
particularly if they were the wrong gender. They, and you can guess what that was in ancient times, yeah. right? Uh, they were often sold into slavery. Jesus's treatment of and teachings about children led to the forbidding of such practices as well as orphanages and godparents. Yes. A Norwegian scholar named Baki wrote a study of this impact simply titled, When Children Became People, The Birth of Childhood in Early Christianity. Wow. It was not until Jesus did the value we have upon children today really get its worth. Yes. Number two, education. Love of learning led to monasteries, which became the cradle of academic guilds. Universities such as Cambridge, Oxford, and Harvard all began as Jesus-inspired efforts to love God with all of one's mind. The first legislation to publicly fund education in the colonies was called this, get this, the Old Deluder Satan Act. Under the notion that God does not want any child to be ignorant, the ancient world loved education but tended to reserve it for the elite. The notion that every child bore God's image helped fuel the move for universal literacy. It's the way that, that, that Jesus changed the world. Number three is compassion. Jesus had universal concern for those who suffered, and this transcended the rules of the ancient world. His compassion for the poor and for the sick led to institutions for lepers, which was the beginning of modern-day hospitals. The Council of Nyssa decreed that wherever a cathedral existed, there must be a hospice, a place of caring for the sick and for the poor. That is why today we still have hospitals called the Good Samaritan or the Good Shepherd or the, the Hospital of St. Anthony. These were the world's first voluntary charitable organizations. This was because of Jesus. Number four is humility. The ancient world honored many virtues like courage and wisdom, but rarely humility. People were generally divided into first class and coach. And so rank must be preserved, said Cicero. I think that's how you say his name, philosopher. Each of the original 99% was considered to be a person of mediocrity. That's what they said in philosophy in the ancient world. And Plutarch uh, actually wrote a self-help book that, that might crack the bestseller list of today. It was titled this, How to Praise Yourself Inoffensively. <laughs> For real. So Jesus's life of a foot washing as a foot washing servant eventually led to the adoption of humility as a widely admired virtue. Number five is forgiveness. In the ancient world, virtue meant rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Conan the Barbarian was actually paraphrasing Genghis Khan in his famous answer to the question, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. An alternative idea came from Galilee. What is best in life is to love your enemies and to see them reconciled to you. Amen. Uh, a lady named Hannah Ardent, the first woman appointed to a full professorship at Princeton, said this, the discoverer of the role of forgiveness in the realm of human affairs was Jesus of Nazareth. Wow. Yes. Come on. Let, me say, let me repeat that quote again. The discoverer of the role of forgiveness in the realm of human affairs was Jesus of Nazareth. Right. Yes. Number six is humanitarian reform. Mm -hmm. Jesus had a way, didn't he, of championing the excluded. That's right. yes. And it was often downright irritating to the people in power. <laughs> His inclusion of women led to a community to which women flocked in disproportionate numbers. Slaves 
Up to a third of ancient populations might wander into a church fellowship and have a slave owner wash their feet rather than beat them. One ancient text instructed bishops to not interrupt worship to greet a wealthy attender, but to sit on the floor to welcome the poor. The Apostle Paul said, now there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male and female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. Thomas Cahill wrote that this was the first statement of egalitarianism in human literature. Wow. That there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. Perhaps as remarkable as anything else is Jesus's ability to withstand the failings of his followers who from the very beginning got in his way at least as much as they helped. (laughs) Right? These are six ways, six ways. They're just just a quick six ways. I wanted you guys to get just a little bit of historical understanding of the implications that we now benefit from. Come on. Yes. That Jesus Christ got the ball rolling through his surrendered life to God, receiving God's dreams for him and obeying what the Father was speaking. Do you guys remember that Jesus said, I can do nothing except for what I see the Father doing. I can say nothing except for what I've heard the father speak. His life was devoted to receiving the dreams of the father and acting upon them. So the question is not what can you really do with your life? The question is, what can you not do? I mean, can we just flip it on its head just for a moment? I'm not saying you shouldn't be focused. I'm not saying you can do everything or that you should do everything. But what I am saying to you is, is that you can do anything that Jesus gives you faith for. (laughs) You can do anything that God says you can do. Any word that God has spoken over your life, scripture teaches us that he is not a man that he should lie. Any promise that's been released over your life comes with it. Uh, uh, It's got like a backpack on full of grace to accomplish it. You know, God is not praying, uh, playing a practical joke on you. Like he's not dangling a carrot in front of your face at the beginning of 2020 saying, let's just see how much, how gullible they are. Let's just see how much we could get them to dream only to dash their hopes right at the end of the year. Like that's not what's happening in heaven. Like all of heaven is championing all of those who've gone before us. Hebrews chapter 11 teaches us that they are championing our obedience to the call of God upon on our life for this generation, for history, for the world, for the nations, for Nashville, for your family, for your workplace, for your university, whatever it is that your environment of influence, God wants to move in you and move through you to transform that place, to bring more love, to look more like heaven, to bring the kingdom, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to bring reform, to bring dignity, and to ascribe worth and value to other people who otherwise have no idea how God cares about them, lest you speak up and say, this is what God says. This is a year that dreams come true. I believe in you. There is hope for you. You can do anything. Anything God says you can do, you can do. Everybody say, anything that God says I can do, I can do. So that settles it. I can do. You know, I know we have all these like, you know, self-affirming slogans. You know, if I can dream it, I can be it. If I can believe it, if I can see it, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of good bumper stickers, right? But what dream has God given you 
to make a difference. Yes. What dream has God given you to make an impact? I can promise you this, church, you can do it. Here's what God says in his word. Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things, another translation says, through Jesus who gives me strength. All things. How many things, church? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you're sitting down, you know, taking a final and call you, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You walk into the DMV, you look at your watch, you think, I can't do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You got an assignment passed down to you at work that's really difficult that you want to procrastinate. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You receive a big God dream. You're thinking this is not possible. That's the kind of dreams that God wants to put into your heart so that you would be dependent and rely upon him so that when it's all over, you don't take any of the credit, but you become a walking sign and wonder for the world to gaze upon to say, I know that God is real because there's no way that thing could have come out of that girl. You know what I mean? Like that we're supposed to even uh, Paul talks about uh, provoking people to a holy jealousy to where they wonder about the favor that is upon our life and say, how did they get that? It has to be God. God has to be real because they don't really have that much going on. Except for the Lord, Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. I love that. It's almost like, what do you mean? If I, you know, I could just, if I can. Anything is possible if a person believes. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. You know how long it takes for a mountain to form? Thousands upon thousands of years. You know, I don't know how that works at all, theology and all that stuff. I believe it. I believe what the Bible says, but we also know that a year is as a thousand, a thousand years does. A day, a day, you guys got it. You know what I'm saying. There's a scripture about it, Google it. So how hard would it be to say mountain move? And yet Jesus, the son of God, truth personified, capital T truth, says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if you will say to this mountain move, it will have to move. Some of you have some mountains facing you at the beginning of 2020. Some of you need to take your authority in Christ Jesus. Some of us need to take our authority in the word with the sword of the spirit that we've been handed by God himself to do battle in this life and say, mountain, move. Be cast into the sea. I believe in Jesus' name. 1 John 5 and 4 says, because every child of God is able to defeat the world and we win the victory over the world by means of our faith. If you have faith in here, say me. Me. If you have faith, you have already defeated the world. So tell me how you cannot change the world again. Because the world has already been defeated through Christ Jesus, whom you confess faith in. You can do anything that God tells you that you can do. Let's Let's make that declaration one more time.
I am a world changer. My life makes a difference. God has anointed me for impact. History is supposed to be different because I am alive. Somebody say amen. amen. This is the truth. Yes. Let's look at the person again and say, do you believe it? And this time they're going to give you a resounding yes. They'll be like, yes, yes, yes. Church, are you full of faith this morning? Do you believe it? Do you know that God's called you to make an impact? Do you know that God's called you to make a difference? Do you know that history is supposed to be different because you are alive? Do you know that you're called to leave a legacy? Yes. 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 This is what God says about you. It's not me trying to hype you up. This is what hope proclaims. So uh, it was interesting to me because as I was uh, preparing this message this week, um, I wanted a verse of scripture to declare over the family. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're doing this series on world changers, by the way. I didn't yes. tell you guys, I didn't announce the, the uh, title of the whole series yeah. or the title of the sermon. The sermon title is this, if you're taking notes. <laughs> It's an easy one to remember. I am a world changer. I am a world changer. Come on, guys. Believe that. I am a world changer. And so I, I wrote this scripture down. And uh, how many of you guys are doing the Bible reading plan with me? It's like 90 of you guys. So good job. Listen, we're only in like day five, right? So you can still sign up. It's easy. You can catch up. All you got to do is go to the link in the at Legacy Nashville on Instagram, and it says one year Bible reading plan. You can sign up. And so today, day five, um, you know, I open up the Bible and the verse that I put in my notes to proclaim over our family was the verse in the reading today. And I was like, look at God, you know, and it's this. Matthew chapter five, verse 13 through 16. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? You know, one of the things that, that salt does is it, is it preserves, right? It keeps, keeps fresh over time. This is one thing that we're called to do with God's truth, yes. with scripture, with the word with what God says about you and with what God says about our family and with what God says about our friends and all of humanity. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet if the saltiness is gone. Next part, you are the light of the world. A city set up on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Church, let your light shine this year. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Guys, it's not enough just to be, you know, have a Sunday persona and to be a, you know, Sunday service Christian only. It's not just about our belief system. It's about our good works. God says, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Legacy Nashville, we're, we are world changers. This is who we are. So God has spoken to us to be. We are world changers. This is who God says that we are. Um, you, some of you guys have probably heard this quote um, friend and I this week, we were talking about it. And I was like, I got to put, that's got to be the closing quote. 
It's a quote from Mama T, Mother Teresa. Uh, she said this, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. I thought, man, that's a good, that's a good one to end on. Uh, because I, I remember one time reading in a Maxwell book, there, there was a guy who said, uh, he had it actually inscribed, I think, on his gravestone. It's it a longer story. It was something that was read aloud at his funeral. I can't remember, but it was in a Maxwell book. And he said, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to change the world. And as I got older, I realized I could change the world if I could just change my nation. And as I got older, I realized, man, if I could just change my state, I could change my nation and then change the world. And then as he got older, he said, man, if I could just change my city. And, and, and then as he was older and he said, you know, if I could just change my family. If I could just change my house. And, and I love that Mother Teresa quote. You know, if you want to change the world, go home, love your family. Can I tell you, um, if you're called to be a world changer, remember this. And you're all called. Remember this. Is that the way in which you live your life should cause those in your home to want to love God more. That's right. Yes. The way that you live your life should cause Jesus to become more appealing. That's right. Yes. The way that you make your decisions, the way that you handle your spouse, the way that you handle your children should cause your children to want to love Jesus more. If you want to change the world, love your family well. That includes your church family. Somebody, I want to change the world. I want to make a difference. I want to leave a legacy. I want to have big impact. Start right here. Start right here. Get the, get the fundamentals down. Yeah. Serving kids. Serving the parking That's lot. Right. Greet people at the door. Shake somebody's hand. Hug them. Love them. Pray for them. Put a hand on their back. Yeah. Say, I'm here for you. That's right. I don't have words for what you're going through, but you've got my prayers. I'm here for you. Yes. If you want to change the world, love your family. Do that at home. Do that right here. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and pray. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for you and your faithfulness towards us. You, your, your faithfulness is everlasting. You're so gentle with us. You're so filled with grace towards us, God, and we just thank you for that. If you guys don't mind, just for, just for one moment, just close your eyes. Leave your head up, though. Don't, don't, don't look down. Let's look up towards heaven. And as we gaze upon the beauty of Jesus, if there is anybody in the room that does not know Jesus or is far from Jesus, would you just lift your hand? No one's looking around. I just want to pray for you right now. It's the first Sunday of a brand new decade, and it's a great opportunity to make a fresh decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart. If there's anybody here, I see you. Awesome. Is there anybody else? Uh, awesome. I see you. Anybody else that today's the day you're like, I need to just get a fresh start and either come home for the first time or rededicate my life. There's a couple folks that have lifted their hands and we want to celebrate with them and invite them into the kingdom of Jesus for this new decade. So let's just pray with them. If you've lifted your hand, please pray this out loud and then we're going to pray with you as a church. We pray, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. And I, receive and I receive your blood, your blood for my salvation. My salvation. Cleanse me. Cleanse. Wash me. Wash. Set me free. Set me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. And send me on assignment for you. Send me on assignment for you. I'm a world changer. Jesus. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. If you would like to support the ministry of Legacy Nashville, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org give. 
And if you're listening by iTunes, please log into the store and give us a good rating and a review. It helps our podcast become available to new listeners. God bless.